Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. With a lifelong love of dogs, a passion for rural and regional Australia and a commitment to boosting the resilience and well-being of her community, it's no surprise Kelly Barnes has made her mark. She's the recipient of the 2020 Victorian Agri-Futures Rural Woman of the Year Award, which recognises her innovative working dog training school pilot program that sees the dogs not just as a tool of the trade, but as a very important companion. I'm Caroline Winter and in this episode, Kelly explains to me how her program has very personal origins and how it's focused on not just teaching farm dogs new tricks, but bettering the social and mental health of farmers and her community. Kelly Barnes, thank you for joining me in the AgVic Talk studio. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Kelly, you live in Dunkeld in Western Districts. How would you describe your connection to the land and the people on it? I live in town, but I work in rural merchandise, so I work with farmers every day. And then I live vicariously through my friend who works on a farm. So, And as I describe, I'm a fair weather farmer now. So when it's sunny, I go out and help. And when it's raining, I stay inside and watch Netflix. But it's really great here. It's such a good community. Um, I love sheep, so it's perfect for me. There's a lot of livestock farming around here, which is great. And the people are just really lovely. So it's a perfect spot to be. And so have you always lived in a rural community? Yeah, I'd say so. So I grew up on a farm in the south of England. We were quite near to towns. It was about an hour outside of London, but we were on a farm there. And then ever since I've come to Australia, I've always worked and lived on farms or lived in rural communities. And what do you enjoy most about living in a a rural or a small community? It's a really good question, actually, because growing up where I went to school was quite built up, more urban. And I, I guess I never really found my fit. And then when I came over here, I just loved being with other farming people and sort of having the open space and the fresh air and things like that. And just I obviously really loved farming and I just never really found those kind of people where I grew up so I had a few farming friends and I know when I went to uni I I definitely found a lot more but where I grew up there probably wasn't as many and I hadn't found that niche of people so I think when I came over here I just really loved the fact that everyone was so absorbed in agriculture. I like that you found your people. Yeah and I do remember when I went to uni in England like I went to an ag college and I sort of really found a a whole range of people there that I never knew existed and then coming over here it's like a whole nother level again you know like I was amazed when they had adverts for um, like sheep trench on the TV and I remember ringing my mum and dad and telling them like you just wouldn't get that in England so I just really love how Australia is really backing their farmers and everything's really based around agriculture. Well, you've certainly found your place in the agriculture community in Victoria and you won the 2020 Victorian AgriFutures Rural Woman of the Year Award. Congratulations again. What is that award about and what opportunities did winning it give you? It's just been absolutely amazing and I I always laugh because I think when I applied for it, I don't think anyone ever really truly knows what they're getting themselves in for, but yeah, it's been so much bigger than I ever imagined. So it's basically to promote and help you fund an idea or a project that you've got running so you win a $10,000 bursary, but there's so much more to it than just the money. And I think 
just the connections you meet, the opportunity you get for personal development. There's this seven of us that were the state winners and you've just got this huge camaraderie and everyone's there to support each other and you're just surrounded by such amazing women and it's those things that I've really loved it's that celebrating each other but really sort of seeing how many powerful women there are out there and and really getting behind each other and helping each other out and we've had so many personal development opportunities through it so I guess this year for us has been a completely different experience to the normal structure of the award so we won in March 2020 and then we never had a an award ceremony for Victoria it was right at the start of COVID and then they postponed everything for a year so we sort of had this weird standstill where we've been doing bits and pieces on zoom and then we just had the national panel judging over zoom as well so it's all a little bit different but it's just the support like the agrifutures team are just amazing at getting behind you and really pushing you where you need to be pushed but giving you the opportunity to really tell your story and and get your idea out there and connect you with other people as well. It's still a network of connections and the alumni and everything else like that. It's just a really powerful group. You mentioned the $10,000 bursary. Now you established uh, the Dunkeld Working Dog Training School. What was the catalyst, I guess, the inspiration behind establishing the school? Back in 2018, I did a digital storytelling workshop with the National Centre for Farmer Health, and it was about telling a story of a challenging time that we'd faced. And I had to put a video together and get pictures of various things that sort of related to my story. And I was going through my phone, I'm looking for pictures, and literally every single one of them was a dog selfie in one way, shape or form. And as I was putting this story together, like I had all these pictures of my dogs and I just thought they've, you know, they've been huge for me. Like I've never really probably appreciated how much they've helped me outside of doing farm work, like that support and that companionship and just being there. And like I have a chronic condition called fibromyalgia. So I'd spend a fair bit of time on the couch with fatigue and things like that. And my old dog's always with me then. So it really sort of sparked this idea of like, well, you know, if that's how much they can help me, like I went nearly every livestock farmer has got a dog and I just wonder if they can start to get some of those benefits. So yeah, that sort of sparked the idea. And then I've done a dog training school with Ian O'Connell back in 2012 and I remember thinking oh you know it's absolutely amazing but I can't remember half of it and I did it two Sundays one week after the next and then three or four months down the line you sort of think oh like I wish I you know I have all these other questions and I've tried these things and they don't really work and I'd love to go back and do more so that's part of the concept too is that you get that ongoing support so you get a day to catch up and learn things and then you get time in between to go away and try ideas and then come back and brainstorm and debrief and things like that so basically based on my own experiences of both the challenges of living rurally the challenges with mental health and then you know having these courses where you go and learn a whole chunk of information all at once and then you just let loose on your own I needed that ongoing support so that's where I designed the program. So it sounds like you've brought a number of passions together and it is an innovative program. How central was developing this kind of approach to enhancing the social and the mental health needs in your town? The underlying theme behind it all is to improve mental health and wellbeing in farming. 
So I studied a couple of years ago some of the modules that they run at the National Centre for Pharma Health around agricultural health and medicine and I did a like a lit review on the mental health outcomes in rural communities. I think it really opens your eyes. I don't think people still, even though we've tried to break down the stigma as such, people still don't talk about it and I don't know whether they really realise what's actually going on for themselves or for someone else. I think farming is always tough and everyone sort of just takes that for granted but there's so many things that you can do to make it a little bit easier. Like you do spend a lot of time on your own and whether you work in a team or or not a lot of the jobs you are doing on your own and the only thing you really have with you is your dogs or you know you're working with your sheep or your cattle so to build resilience is huge and I think it's not necessarily for people with a mental illness either it's just giving people the tools to prevent them getting down that path or just becoming aware that I think there's so many things that can affect what you're doing that are out of your control. So it's really giving you the tools to focus on the things you can control and then sort of be prepared for those situations when they do arise and work through them a lot better. You mentioned the relationship and the bond that you've had with, with your working dogs over the years and your current pooch, is it Dougald? Yep. Can you tell me what is that relationship like and why do you think that there is that strong connection that can I guess help you and others through some difficult times? Yeah it's a really good question it's actually really hard to sort of identify I guess like I've always loved animals I'm just naturally drawn to them and I remember always wanting to get my own dog when I was when I was younger and the first ever working dog I got was a border collie in the UK and ever since then when I came to Australia obviously had to leave her behind and Dougal was my first dog I ever got over here and I just really missed having that that dog with me and they are company but they're quite calming like if you sat on the bike and you're moving sheep and they'd be on the bike with you or, and you'd be patting them or talking to them or like they're just always there with you they just have this absolute admiration for you like you can do no wrong and you have a really tough day and you know things go wrong but at the end of the day they're still there with you and they just absolutely adore you and would do anything for you and I think you can see them when they're working they will try their absolute hardest to do what you ask of them and they're very forgiving and yeah there's just something really special about them and I find it quite a hard thing to really narrow down on because it's so subtle, some of the effects and the support they give. But definitely now, like poor Dougal, he's 14 and he's he's had a few injuries in his lifetime. So he now pretty much spends his life on the couch. But even then, like I come home from work and he'll sit out in the garden sometimes during the day and he's just there at the gate waiting for me. So, you know, even though we don't work on farm, he's still there he's really loyal and he's just that really good company obviously you have had that affinity with animals all your life what other skills did you already have that helped you establish the dog training program and what skills did you have to acquire on along the way as far as like actually official skills probably none but i so i remember getting feedback from a leadership program a few years ago and everyone said oh you're just so easy to talk to like I'm always really comfortable talking to you you know you're kind and and all those things and that got really got me thinking because I just have the ability to have these tough conversations with people and a friend of mine always says it to me too she's like oh people always open up to you you know they always just start talking about things with you and 
you know, she's the don't do it with me. And so I guess that was my kind of role in the program to start introducing some of those more difficult or more unspoken topics around mental health and things like that, but in a way that people feel comfortable. So I enlisted the help of Ian O'Connell. So he is amazing and he did the dog training side of it. So I didn't have to have any dog training skills. And I think to draw people into a program you have to have someone that's really, really good in that area. And if I'd tried to do that myself, I wouldn't attract necessarily those people. They're sort of coming to learn off Ian and then I kind of sneak all the other stuff in behind the scenes. So that worked really, really well. So just working on my own experience and kind of the experience of watching producer groups and working with clients and working with different farmers, seeing how much they can benefit from getting together and getting off farm. But that's all the stuff that you do in the background. So it might not be really obvious to other people, but I just tune into that and I can really see the benefits. So sort of setting up exercises to get people working together, setting up the day that they have enough time at lunchtime to have a chat and have a coffee and things like that. And just really having some of those tough conversations, like we had a discussion around suicide and around fear of failure and things like that. But it was sort of done in the middle of the program when everyone's a little bit more comfortable with each other, but also you still had a couple of sessions after that the following months to then move on and have some wins with your dogs and other things. So it's just really, I guess for me, having those people skills to frame those conversations and find the appropriate time for them, but be bold and have those conversations too. Like I think it is important to include some of that stuff in there, but being aware of the audience too like I couldn't bowl in on day one not knowing anyone no one knows each other and then get everyone to you know start caring and sharing you know people would have not turned up or run out the door 100 miles an hour so just having that ability and that emotional intelligence to read the room and and see where things fit and be adaptable like I had this schedule set out in my mind and I was quite flexible Um, depending on what had come up but pretty much every subject that I'd come up with was the perfect timing and people would talk about things at the end of one session and I'd be thinking to myself oh this is great because that's exactly what I've planned for the next one so yeah really reading the room and being a bit flexible but also not being afraid to have those open conversations as well. It definitely takes a good structure and the right person particularly when you're dealing with difficult issues so what does the program involve? In a nutshell, it's six one-day sessions. They're based once a month, so we ran the last Saturday of the month for the pilot program over the course of six months. There was a group of 15 people. Ian O'Connell runs the dog school, so he's got his own sort of framework around teaching people how to train and work their working dogs. So we'd do a bit of practical, a bit of theory, and then I'd sneak in a bit of resilience stuff sort of in between as well so we'd incorporate different aspects like the first session was around goal setting so getting them to set goals of what they wanted to achieve with their working dogs throughout the course and then building on that as we go we talked about nutrition and how that affects how you're feeling and how you you know how you perform and the same with the dogs and tying a lot of stuff in back to their relationships with their dogs so things like fear of failure like you might go out and try something with your working dog and it's an absolute disaster one day but the next day you go and do it and it's completely different so just that being brave enough to go back out and try again and I think one of the things I really found most valuable is 
the debrief sessions so the participants would get the chance to talk about where they've had some wins and then if they'd had a few issues or something was a bit of a disaster they weren't afraid to bring it up and then as we went through the other participants all sort of pitched in to help each other out as well so they got like a really good balance of practical some theory and then that chance to debrief and that chance to really get together and help each other out and build friendships as well like the whole idea is to create a group of people that are likely to catch up outside of the program as well so they you know they're learning to interact and help each other out and then hopefully they can then carry on doing that once the course finishes as well. For participants who've already been through the program, how have they gone so far? What kind of feedback have you had? At the moment, we're just working through getting um, some independent evaluation done, but I've got a few brief snippets of feedback and they've just been amazing. They've said it's, you know, it's a life-changing program. They've really enjoyed meeting new people, staying in contact with people. I think the biggest thing that I have seen is just watching them grow having that repetition and they've all really loved the format that they can learn some skills go and practice and then come back and and talk through it again with Ian and talk about what's gone wrong and and what they can do better another one was incorporating those aspects of resilience and probably building awareness to it so I think people don't always think about that on the land they don't always take their own health and well-being into account and they probably don't realize how much it affects what they're doing as well so I think just really highlighting that and things like stress like the last session we did was all about low stress stock handling and you know kind of remaining calm and tying that all in together and I think sometimes people get so worked up when they're they're working stock and it's all going wrong but all the participants you could see them over the course of the program they've learned to accept that when things go wrong it's okay and you could see their reaction from day one where they'd, you know, they'd be really stressed and really worried about it to the last session where, yeah, things go wrong and, and that's all right and you just get back in and go again. So I'm really looking forward to getting the final report and then grow and, and keep building on it. What advice would you give our listeners who might want to take on a project like yours or apply for the AgriFutures Rural Women's Awards? 100% just do it because I am the queen of procrastination and I <laughs> I would never have got anywhere near where I've got now without doing it. So it's an absolutely life-changing program. And even if you don't get through, so even if you think you have an idea, but it's not quite there, just apply anyway. Like just have a go, just chuck in an application. I did the previous year and it was quite honestly not very great if I look back at it. Um, but one of the um, the previous winners, she messaged and emailed and she said, just get in touch, happy to help you, happy to brainstorm. And she did. And so the following year, I thought, oh, you know, I'd really like to try again. So I'd fine tune my ideas and, and really nutted it out. And then I spoke to her and I spoke to another girl that had won the South Australian award and they really step you through it. So I think don't be afraid to have a go. And if you don't get through the first year, try again. Like it's not the end of the world it's all a growing experience and just be really open to the opportunities i mean i'm you know i'm more than happy for anyone that's thinking about it or that doesn't think that they could do it just you know just jump on the phone and have a conversation and throw your idea out there the more you vocalize your idea the more real it becomes a great offer there and some great advice kelly barnes thank you for joining me in the ag vic talk studio And thank you for having me. It's so great. I could talk about dogs for as long as you'd have me. So it's always a pleasure. Thank you.
If this podcast has brought up difficult emotions for you, please find someone you can talk to or call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.